Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 31. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Saul becomes a man who hates God's anointed king, David. He's fighting and wrestling with the plan of God, and he won't submit. He killed 85 priests at Nob, their wives, their children, everyone, and everything. Who does that except the man that's infected with the disease of hatred? And then he goes to the devil for counsel to the witch of Endor. This is suicide. This is death. Listen, truth is, we're all going to die someday. Do you realize the first breath you inhale when you come in the world, think about this. The next time you go visit a mommy or you have a baby, think about this. The very first breath that child takes, they breathe life. The very next breath or life in this world, careful. The very next breath they take they are on their way to death. Think about it. Everybody's going to die someday. Death is a part of life. It is inevitable. And it's interesting because we do all things. I feel like I'm preaching a funeral now because this is kind of the stuff I preach at a funeral. We do everything to prepare for death, but we do nothing to prepare for life. We prepare for death by getting life insurance which is interesting, they call it life insurance. It's not life insurance, it's death insurance. But that's not attractive. I'd like to sell you some death insurance. Um, no, thank you. It's not life insurance. We do things to prepare for death, we do nothing to prepare for life. Listen, death is inevitable. It's going to happen. It's a part of life. You know, I was reading something that says more than one person, get this, dies every second in the world. More than one person dies every second in the world. So if you look at your watch every second, more than one person has died. That means conservatively, while we're sitting here in church for one hour, more than 6,000 people will pass into eternity. Probably by the time you get to the parking lot, it'll be more like 10,000. And I've got to ask myself, you've got to ask yourself, what percentage of those people don't know Christ? So they pass into eternity. Everybody has eternity. Don't ask people, do you believe in eternity? Or do, or, 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 or you need to ask them, where will they spend eternity? Because everybody has eternity. The question is, where are you going to spend it? You're going to spend it with the Lord? 
or you're going to spend it away from the Lord. Listen, if you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord, you need to be glad you're here. You need to be happy you came to church tonight. Because you have an opportunity tonight to give your heart to the Lord. You have an opportunity to respond to the Lord. You have an opportunity to, to miss out on an eternity separate from God. That's called hell. Wherever God is not, that's called hell. Amen. If God is not in Walmart, that's hell. Now I'm going to leave it right there, all right? (laughs) Wherever God is not, that's hell. Where are you going to spend eternity? You're going to spend it somewhere. Someday everybody is going to die. Saints, verse 4, look at Saul's last words. I want you to see this. You've got to see this. Look at Saul's last, matter of fact, in your, in your Bible, in your margin, write this in the margin. Or if you're taking those, write it down. These are Saul's last recorded words. Draw your sword and thrust me through, lest the Philistines come lest these uncircumcised men, Philistines, come and thrust me through and abuse me. These are Saul's last recorded words. Isn't that a sad last collection of things to say? You know, you've heard me read some famous last words. If you've been here at Calvary Chapel, you've heard me read some famous last words and tomb epitaphs, if you will. And here's one. Listen to this one. I I just read this one uh, this week. Listen to this. It says, it's written on a tombstone, true, in New England, 200 years old. It reads, beneath this sod and lump of clay lies Arbella Young, who on the 26th of May began to hold her tongue. I'm like, that says a lot about her. Here's another one. This is about an old man down south whose last name was Peas, like Peas, P-E-A-S, like frozen peas. Here lies the body of old man Peas, buried neath these flowers and trees. But Peas ain't here, just the pod. Peas shelled out and went to God. (laughs) Amen. I like that one. Peas shelled out and went to God. I like that one. Here are some famous last words from unbelievers, And believers, Voltaire, French skeptic who died in 1778, his favorite saying was, curse the wretch. Curse the wretch. He said in a hundred years, the Bible will be a forgotten book or extinct. A hundred years later, he was extinct. Somebody say amen. And his personal home, doesn't God have a sense of humor? His personal home was a distribution center and printing press for the Geneva Bible Society. Isn't that just like God? Talking to his doctor, he said, I am abandoned by God and man. I will give you half what I am worth if you will give me six months to live. The doctor said, sir, you cannot live six weeks. Voltaire replied, then I'll go to hell and you'll go with me. There's a gentleman by the name of Altamont. Altamont, he said, my principles have poisoned my friends. My extravagance has beggared my boy. My kindness has murdered my wife. And is there another hell? O thou blasphemed yet most indulgent Lord God, hell is a refuge if it hides me from your frown. 
Charles IX, who gave the order for St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, while laying on the ground bathed in his own blood, said, What blood? What murders? I know not where I am. How will all this end? What shall I do? I am lost forever, and I know it. Philip III from Spain. Oh, would to God I had never reigned. Oh, those years I spent in the kingdom. I wish I'd lived a solitary life in the wilderness. Oh, that I had lived alone with God. How much more secure should I now have died? How much more confident shall I have gone to the throne? What doeth all my glory profit that I may have so much than more, more torment in my death? Contrast the believers when they die. Matthew Henry, sin is bitter. I bless God. I have inward supports. Martin Luther, our God is the God from whom cometh salvation. God is the Lord by whom we escape death. John Knox said, live in Christ, live in Christ, and the flesh need not fear death. Calvin, thou, Lord, bruises me, but I am abundantly satisfied since it is from thy hand. John Wesley, the best of all is God is with us. Farewell, farewell. Charles Wesley, I shall be satisfied with thy likeness. Satisfy, satisfy. We sang about it tonight. Baxter, I have pain. There's no arguing, but I have peace. I have peace. Dr. Preston, blessed be God, thou, I, I change my place. I shall not change my company, for I have walked with God while living, and now I go to rest with him, Dr. Payson. The battle is fought, the battle is fought, and the victory is won. The victory is won forever. I am going to bathe in an ocean of purity, bene pure benevolence, and happiness for all eternity. Samuel Rutherford, if he should slay me 10,000 times, 10,000 times, I will trust. I feel I believe in joy. I feed on manna. Oh, for the arms to embrace him. Dr. Goodwin on his deathbed said, ah, is this dying? How have I dreaded as an enemy this smiling friend? And last one, Reverend Joseph Everett, for 25 minutes, he said one thing and then he died. Glory, 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 glory for 25 minutes. I bet you everybody that heard him saying that, they probably had goosebumps, and then he took off. <laughs> See the difference in how a believer dies and how a non-believer dies? And the contrast, Saul of the Old Testament and Saul, Paul, the apostle, he was Saul before Paul, y'all know that, of the New Testament. It's contrast. King Saul was seven feet tall. Saul of Tarsus, who wrote the book of Corinthians, was a short guy. King Saul and Saul of Tarsus were both from the tribe of Benjamin. King Saul and Saul of Tarsus both lived long lives, 60 plus years. King Saul and Saul of Tarsus both died sudden violent deaths. One was suicide. The other, Paul, was beheaded. King Saul loved David initially and ended up hating him in rebellion. Saul of Tarsus hated David's son initially and persecuted him and later ended up loving him and living for him. Where's 
the time go? 11 through 13. When the men of Jabesh Gilead heard, look at verse 11. When the men of Jabesh Gilead heard about how disgraced the bodies of Saul and his sons, uh, what they had done, they got up that night and the men of Jabesh were repaying Saul for his kindness. Remember, I told you that he fought the Ammonites and when they wanted to put their eye out, remember I told you that? And enslaved them. And so these men are showing kindness to the memory of Saul and Jonathan by taking their bodies down from the walls of Beth Shem. Now, again, if you travel with us to Israel, this is one of the sites that we visit. Today, there are ruins there. And uh, if you've been to Israel with us, show me your hand. All right, you know that there are ruins there. And if you haven't gone to Israel, this is the trip that you must take before you leave this planet. Because it's nice to see the old Jerusalem. Because when you get to the new one in heaven, you'll have something to compare it against. You'll be going, oh man, this place is so much better. This is like, this is a serious upgrade. This is nice. The old one, yeah. The new one, wow, it's nice. You got to go. If you haven't been, you have to go. We generally stop at Bichim. And we, there you'll see there's, there's ruins, you know, the, the Roman uh, ancient ruins there. And then remember, you guys remember that long staircase that you go up and at the top of the hill is where they believe that Saul and Jonathan's body was pinned. That would be Mount Gilboa. And from Mount Gilboa, you can look down and see uh, Bichim, the old ancient Bichim. So it really is something to see. We'll take a trip in 2017, Lord willing, and um, it's gonna, we'll, we'll probably go there. But uh, the Philistines hung the decapitated Saul there. So the men took his body down and they burned them, which was a proper burial. Now listen, quickly, this brings up the subject of cremation. And many families argue over cremation or not. Some are okay with it, some are not. Some people's religious views don't allow for cremation. I will tell you, the Bible doesn't say one way or the other. And when the Bible, I always tell people, when the Bible is silent, you be silent. And when when the Bible is silent, then it's an issue of comfort and preference on your part, the family, what the loved one would want, what you think they would want. Uh, Me personally, uh, I, I, I have no problem with cremation. I, I, matter of fact, I encourage my family, listen, cremate me because I don't think cremation is going to stop the Lord from giving me my glorified body. I don't think that's going to hinder the Lord from, from, from giving me my glorified body. And, and I think cremate, and another reason why you should cremate me because it's cheaper. Well, let me tell you, it's cheaper. I mean, why not? I mean, funerals are expensive. It's just as much to go out of the world nowadays than it is, and it is to come in the world. <laughs> Am I right about it? Cremate me, I've got no problem with it. But some people do, and that's fine. I think if you want to argue cremation, then think about someone who dies in a house fire. Or someone who dies at sea and their body is never recovered. What's the difference between a body decomposing over 60 years or 60 minutes? Either way, um, wouldn't it be great if Saul from the Old Testament could have said like Saul of the New Testament, 
2 Timothy 4, 6-8, For I am now already been poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is, ha- is at hand. Wouldn't it be great for Saul to have been able to say this? I have fought the good fight. It doesn't say I won every round. It says, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. And finally, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all those who love his appearing. You might think when David heard Saul was dead that he would rejoice. Nope. The Bible tells us David mourned. And get this. He wrote a song to remember Saul. We're going to talk about it the next time. It's called the Song of the Bow. The Song of the of the bow. We'll talk about the next time. I told you before God uses a man, he prepares that man. I told you that David was spending a lot of time in the wilderness getting his backside of the desert degree. And in those years of running from Saul, that's exactly what he was doing. But now David has graduated. One last contrast. David, at this point, we find him in victory. Saul, at this point, in defeat. David, we find in belief. Saul, we find in unbelief. David, alive, everything restored. Saul, dead, everything lost. And my prayer for you, as your pastor, as your friend, is that every single one of us would be able to say, like that verse says, let me have that verse back, uh, uh, Timothy. Uh, for I am already been poured out as a drink offering. I am ready. Isn't that a great tombstone epitaph? I am ready. I have finished well. Do you know the problem in the church with Christians? And this is the most disheartening thing. I'm let y'all go. The most disheartening thing for me as a pastor is I see people who start well, but they don't finish well. You start well. Paul said to the Galatians, who did hinder you? What's that verse? Who, who did, you were running well, who did hinder you? Because they were trying to put them back under legalism. Pastor Nelson, find me that verse. That's right. Who has bewitched you? Who has come or some versions say, who, what, who, what has hindered you? Who, what has come into your life that has derailed you from serving the Lord and not finishing well? What's the point of living your Christian life? What, what is the point of even getting started if you're not going to finish? What's the point? I mean, what is the point? Uh, Christians, I, I, look, I, look, don't don't play. Don't don't play. I, if you're not serious about God, don't play. If you're not serious about God, stop coming to church. God knows you're not going to hear a pastor tell you that. Stop coming to church because if, if the more you come to church and the more you hear the word of God, the more accountable you will be for that which you do know. Am I right about it? So every time you come, you're making yourself more accountable and more accountable. I heard that and 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 I heard that. And someday when you stand before the Lord, God's going to say, hey, remember that sermon Pastor Rodney preached on a Wednesday night? Remember that awesome, fantastic sermon Pastor Rodney preached <laughs> at Wednesday night? And why didn't you? So what hindered you? 
And why start if you're not going to finish? Think about it. You live your whole life. You live for so long serving God and serving others and giving and denying yourself and seeking not to use cuss words and seeking uh, not to be worldly. And I don't go to happy hour after church. I'm not hanging out with people after, after church. After, after. And I don't go to happy hour after work. <laughs> What's the point if right at the end or right toward the end of your, 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 your race, I've fought the good fight, I've run the course, right at the end, you fall out. And now you're not so sure and not so secure in your salvation. The Bible says, work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. That we need to be sure that we are having, we're going to have an abundant entry when we get into heaven. In other words, I am so sure that I have lived my life for God that I'm going to have an abundant entry when I get into heaven. I'm not going to just get into heaven and squeeze in and the gate's going to shut right behind me. Like some of y'all, no. <laughs> you like getting to heaven, you know, you've been running the race, and all of a sudden you're like, whoo! Shoot! Whoo! Man, I can feel the heat on the other side. <laughs> whoo! What's the point? What's the point? What is the point? There is no point. If you're not going to serve the Lord, then don't. If you're going to serve the Lord, then do. With all your heart. With every fiber of who you are. It's either all or nothing. Go hard. That's what I say. Go hard or go home. Serve God with everything you got or not at all. So that you, one day, when you close your eyes in this world, you open your eyes in the next. You step through the veil right here and step into the other side. You leave a bag of bones here, step into a glorified body there, finishing well. This is what we ought to do. Saul, I'm sorry you didn't finish well. And that, my friend, is sad. A sad ending to a man that could have been mightily used by God. Don't let that be you. So a lot of the Bible is what we shouldn't do. Not do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Do this. No, don't do that, don't do that, and don't do that, and boy, don't do that. That's a whole lot of the Bible, and thank God for that. Because his word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. He shows us which way to go. He didn't leave you, leave you just to walking 
and walking around blind like you don't like you don't know where to go. God, God, God leads you and shows you the path that you need to take. It's almost like like the runway at the airline or the 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 the, the, the tarmac. And the plane's coming in, and lights on that side, lights on that side. You need to land that plane right between them lights. That's the Bible. You need to walk right between them lights. Don't get on that side. You're going to have an accident. Don't get on that side of those lights. you have an accident. Stay right in your lane. Do what God has called you to do, and do it with your whole heart. Right? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.